yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't feel bad anymore. Like, I don't, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel depressed. I don't feel like brunch. Hit it, boys. Hey, uh, at the risk of getting all challenge of the week, what have you been doing workout-wise during this exercise? I, I worked out once this weekend for about 20 minutes, and I just did some push-ups. I used the resistance bands, did some sit-ups, did some uh, like mountain bikers, and that was it. That's all I've done over the course of like this month, month and a half or whatever it's been. I've worked out one time for like 20 minutes. Working out inside the home has a very who are we kidding kind of Seriously. feel to it. Yeah. So I, I can drop that. I can do the I'll do push ups in my in my home. Other than that, I've I've just, I've I've started running, which is good, which I'm probably way overdue to do. But I can't do like a and I. Every, it turns out everybody can because all these places are are doing like these great workouts that you can follow from your phone. I I just I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm underqualified or something. I feel like I can't do it. I mean, I feel like even if I bust my ass, I'm still gonna lose gains. I'm still gonna like I'm still gonna like the best I can hope for is like reverting to somewhat of a Jesus bod. So like if I'm not gonna if I'm gonna lose all this muscle anyway, I'd rather just. I'd rather just commit to the bit, man, and steer into the so, skid, not work out, and just fucking play video games all day. So lose gains means not gain as much as you would normally, or you're saying you're you'd be losing mass by doing cardio-based things? No, I would just be like, I'm going to lose mass no matter what, because there's no way that you can replicate like weight training by doing body weight exercises at home. So like, I'm gonna lose mass no matter what. So I just figured I should, shouldn't even bother. And it's a bad attitude to have. It's stupid. But it's just the way that I look at it. I've done three 10-mile runs the past week, though. Damn. Which, I mean, it's something to... I don't know. It's something to like look forward to. or, or I, I don't know. You feel like you're accomplishing something. So I feel like I, feel like I should... I, I hate running. I fucking hate running so much. And I hate running outside even more than running on a treadmill. Um... So I feel like maybe I should just go on a walk just for like more of the done mental walks. aspect than the than like the workout aspect. Yeah, I've done walks. Uh, that was a good that worked. I was I was just going to try that out. I was going to volunteer and lie that I was running. You can definitely lie about what you've been doing workout wise during this. I just did it. I went for one run at the beginning of this. <laughs> I ran less than a mile. Felt like I was going to throw up. It was the worst <laughs> was thing in the say, world. Since when do you run fucking ten miles? I could I, I could mean, run I, ten I miles back it. in the day. Back I don't know I don't probably for as long as you've known me I've not done any ten mile runs. But you've done spin and stuff. So like if you wanted to run ten miles, it would probably like almost kill you. But you you'd <laughs> probably be able to do it. Yeah, I do. I'll tell you, man. I could really use a spin class right about now. Not just for. I mean, I'm I'm eating horribly. It is like this is like I've had some bad stretches in my days, in my day. But this is a Hall of Fame, awful treatment of one's body performance for me for a while. So I could a I could just use it to 
to re- reverse the 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 flow, reverse the just pump the brakes on what I've been doing. Also, like I just can't imagine sweating right now, other than I yeah, have been seriously. waking up in the middle of the night in a sweat. Yes, from time I, to I have. Time. I have too, as well. I mean, I feel like you have? if you if you come out, yeah, I've been waking up with like night sweats and stuff, and I'm oh, not word. sure why. Could just could be like a mental thing, stress. No, it probably is. Yeah, my sleep schedule is totally fucked. I went to bed at six a.m. last night, um, so like things are bad right now. I and but I feel like if you, if you're coming out of this in better shape than you entered it, you're a fucking asshole. I know people that are like that, and they at least in the very beginning, they're like, I'll tell you what. I've never taken my butt, such good care of myself. Um, eating right, I'm exercising. I like my mind feels good. That was again. That was at the beginning of all this. The beginning, like I, we talked about this last week. I took, I took my opportunity to freak out mm. in the as soon as it started. Yeah, yeah. And now I've, I, I thought that last week I was like, I don't know, I, I not to compare the anxiety that comes with all this to the actual coronavirus. But I did kind of feel like, hey, I got it early. Now I've gotten over it, and now I can't get it again. So now I'm kind of cured from freaking out. Do you have like chicken? It's like chicken pox, right? Or mono. or like or like coronavirus. <laughs> so okay. I yeah. I thought that last week when everyone was having their freakouts, that I was like, well, I'm sorry, I've already had it and passed it, so I can't commiserate with you right now. But now I'm fully understanding that this is just never good. And even if you feel like those stretches where you're not freaking out, it just means that you've turned your brain off. Because if yeah, your brain so is so on at any point, you're yeah. anxious and you're stressed yeah. about something and you're probably taking it out on the wrong thing. Like I've, I've gotten like every now and then I'll get a text from one of my friends and be like, this stupid shit. And I'm like, yo, they're just being nice. Yeah, I'm just, but I'm I just mean, anxious and I'm mad. Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't, I don't feel bad anymore. Like I, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel depressed. I don't feel like. No, I think that I'm. I think maybe if that happens, it's because I just have turned into such a piece of shit. Like again, my sleep schedule is terrible. I'm waking up at 1 p.m. every day. So like my bad feelings are based off of like my life just losing all structure, and yeah. not like not the like anxieties surrounding this whole thing. I I just feel like my entire presence of, of structure and like, and everything that, that keeps me aligned is out the window. And so that's, what's really fucking me up right now. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I still, I work kind of the same hours as I did before, obviously working less and having to travel less. Like, the the work process is I put on a shirt one minute before we tape if I want, maybe 10 minutes before we tape. I just make sure I'm slightly put together before we get going. And then as soon as we're done recording, there's no kicking around, talking to coworkers, busting balls, catching a hockey game, uh, catching a West Coast hockey game in the newsroom. It's just, okay, now it's done. done. So yeah. even though... So even though like we're still working and we might be keeping similar technical work hours, it's really not like that. So that gets to me. And like, I don't know, like I just, my body also has no idea 
when it's supposed to be ready to go and when it's supposed to be at kind of peak performance because they're really nobody or a lot of people uh, who aren't doctors, nurses, grocery stores, service industry, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people's bodies during this time never really have to be on. So I find that a lot of the time it'll be like six o'clock and I'm like, I have to work soon, but if I have coffee now, I'm going to mess this whole thing up. And then I'm really going to be going to bed at two. And then I'm like, well, it's your job. You got to be, got to be on. So I'll drink some coffee and then I'll fall asleep at five. And I'm also, I'm definitely not sleeping through the night. That's been a while. That's been an issue for me for a while where I'll get up after two, three hours and I'm just awake and it sucks. So that's been a hundredfold during this. So it's either sleep paralysis, waking up in the middle of the night or sweat when I wake up. It's one of the <laughs> yeah. three every night. Yeah. I, no real nights of sleep. It's brutal. And also every morning, I don't know about you, when I finally get up for the morning, do not fuck with me. I am <laughs> like my body is pissed every morning. It's brutal. I've like I'm I've actually become one of those like well, I shouldn't check like my texts or any or like I shouldn't talk to anybody before I have I've had my coffee, which I've always thought is such a lame stupid thing that people say. Well, but legitimately, like, you, you I'm don't sleeping. buy you don't buy those shirts from like like uh, <laughs> Instagram advertising that's like don't talk to me until I've had my coffee, and then well, when I've had my coffee, you uh, you still shut up, and then if I have my yeah. third coffee, with all the fonts that are like clearly taken from like uh like Microsoft Paint. Oh yeah, it's a uh, print shop oh, yeah. deluxe, print shop yeah. deluxe ass, yeah. ass shirts. My other job is a cup of coffee. Beat it! I'm <laughs> trying to get to work. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've for sure become one of those people. Cool, like, man. I, nice. It, it, that's that sucks. I can't wait that's, for you to become like a wine, like the 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 wine mom, because that's the next step. Like, oh, I think please, that, I was a wine like, mom like ten years ago. <laughs> but I think when you get like when you buy those coffee shirts, that's like don't talk to me until I've had my my third cup of coffee. It's like, oh, would you also like this? It's wine o'clock somewhere shirt. I think that we should just make like an honest shirt about that specific to what you or I may be experiencing. Like mine would say like, Hey, I've had some sleep issues for a while. It's also manifested itself in some like, um, like my, my legs will get twitchy every now and then because of it. And it's, it's, it's really annoying. And I just never, I never feel like I'm really going. So I, I'm sleeping horribly and I need coffee before I'm even the slightest bit tolerable. And there's like an exclamation point at the end of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. With some cursive font. And like, I'll, I'll buy one that says like, it's three in the morning and I definitely don't need this one beer, but I'm kind of lonely and I need something to do while I try to finish my work. And I have beer in the fridge. And so I'm just going to go for it. Ha ha with an exclamation point at the bottom. <laughs> oh yeah, I've definitely been doing that. I've uh Yeah, the, the the beer thing's gotten weird because I went a long time without doing beer or any alcohol in the in the crib. And now I have gotten into a pretty good habit now of not do, doing it du- doing it during the week, 
But for a while, it was like every night I'll have like a couple of IPAs to just like make myself a little tired at least. Yeah, that's so stupid. I got <laughs> it's so bad to do that every night, and I've been doing that. But I've been haven't been doing that with IPAs. I've just been doing that with like shitty beer. Nice. I got like, I horsed beers. on. I got horsed on Sunday, and then watched uh, Insecure because I was really excited. Insecure was back, but. I was quite drunk and I couldn't really pay attention and I was just texting my friends about uh, what a hottie Andrew, you know Andrew in that show? Yeah, he's the uh, the Asian guy. The guy with the, yeah, the, the, with, he has like long hair yeah. and he's got a little thing with Molly. Mm-hmm. Like get out of town, that couple. <laughs> I don't even know, like they may I have mean, broken up in the first episode, but I was just like, oh my God, this couple. Well, I mean, everybody in that show is just the we've, most beautiful person. <laughs> we've we've talked about that. That yeah. like it, it, they need to do some casting just makeup. Mixing, mix in an uggo once in a yeah. while, please. Just everybody, stop, like, stop making us believe in this fantasy world. Right. Like, Issa is in contention for like most gorgeous person on the planet. We've talked about how Jay Ellis is the master not, of the not shirt. even in contention, just running away with it. Dude, honestly, I agree with that. Um, Jay Ellis, just ri- ridiculous. Any shirt looks amazing on that guy. And uh, go, come for him wearing a shirt. Stay for him not wearing a shirt. That's how yeah. I would describe Jay Ellis. Molly, absolute babe. And then Andrew, like, what are we doing here? This is, it's absurd. I don't know what happened in the show, though, because I just got distracted by how hot Andrew was. Yeah, I haven't and, watched uh, it either. Then through a little Andrew party. You, uh, I got I to gotta tell you, once uh, once Better Call Saul goes off the air, one more episode left this season, I mean, I'm going to feel real empty because that has been like the one – there's nothing better than looking forward to like an hour of TV per week. Like yeah. I, I, I very much looked forward to Curb Your Enthusiasm when that was on, like just for turning my brain off and getting to watch Larry David be an idiot for like 30 minutes. But I mean – just an hour of prestige TV per week yeah. and like waiting for it and waiting for that to play out has been such a like a beacon of light in these times for me. And I'm going to miss that so much once Better Call Saul is gone. I agree. And also, did, did Better Call Saul, did they screw around with the time, right? Every now and then it'll just be, I'll, I'll DVR it and it'll be like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Or like an hour and 20. I think I, I could be wrong. That might just they, be your DVR. Like it might just be your your DVR settings because like mine was set for like an hour and 25 this past week. But I think it was just like a 47 to like a 50 minute episode. Interesting. So we we have not talked about Better Call Saul during this stretch, right? I don't believe so. So we've got plenty of thoughts there. Um, One, the the overarching thing is this has been the best season of it. It's been one of the I think we both agree one of the best seasons of television, which you're allowed to say Nowadays, because it is the golden age of television. So when you say, like, this is the best, people, there really isn't a, really? You'd put it up against this 1970s thing? Yes, because television is better in 2020 than it is in the 1970s. So it's Mm -hmm. similar to, like, if you say, hey, this current athlete is the best athlete of all time. Athletes now are better than they were right. a million years ago. Like uh, if, you said, I, if you said Alexander Ovechkin is the best goal scorer of all time, it'd be like, yeah, because he would light up Gretzky. Yeah. Era adjusted. So, yeah, I agree. But I still feel 
like, and maybe this is going to be a little uh, contradictory. I still feel with Better Call Saul and the discussion around it, there is a very strong uh, pull and need to be almost hyperbolic when talking about it. Like every every time somebody watches an episode of Better Call Saul, they run to Twitter and make a massive declaration. And I did it last week. I, I did it after this past episode. I forget what I said, but it was something I probably stand by. But everybody, like, every, do you know what I'm saying? Everybody. I think you always, said it was like the one of the best seasons like of TV ever. Right, and I I, I agree with that. Do you agree with that? I think it's it's like it's certainly up there. I I. But well, why does everybody that, need to to do that? Why like why did I do I that? Well, I think I think a big part of it is like I still feel like Better Call Saul is slept on by a lot of people. Like the people and, who watch it fucking love it, and they all they want to do is talk about it. But not everybody's watching it. And you like, are I, correct. You and are I correct. Get that. It, I get that because like the. I've said this a million times. I've said it since season one. I was like, this show has no business being interesting or good. It really doesn't. Other than well, the fact that Vince Gilligan's doing it, which apparently he's not even doing it anymore. We yes, should talk about that. <laughs> yes. So we, I was. I'll let, yeah, I was, you go because you're the one who discovered this. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about it the other day or maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, time doesn't exist anymore. And um, he was saying, he was basically saying what you were saying, which is like, it even in season one you're like what's this show gonna be and wait it's great even though i'll say season one was not great uh, mike was, was great in season one but it yeah. was it was enough to definitely hold you um, right it was like it was the chuck stuff was was tough and that's like what i yes. always say when i recommend it, the show to people i was like it's a slow burn if you get past like the first two seasons once you get past the chuck stuff the show becomes extremely right. good but i do think it, like just in a, on like a grand scheme of things, like like taking a step back from Better Call Saul, like because we're so invested in it and we know what it is. But like when you recommend it to somebody, so like they're like, so this is a spinoff of a Breaking Bad secondary character and with a lot of people that we don't know. And he's a lawyer. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, and but I like understand the Jeffersons why was a hit. Like spinoffs spin can be can be huge. The Jeffersons, uh, Frasier had to have been a spinoff, right? I don't know. Of Cheers? Is was Frasier a, a character from che- from Cheers? Let's look this up. I'm pretty sure he was. So I I know a lot about like the Cheers, like Cheers and Boston, but I know nothing about actual Cheers, like the the television show. Uh, Frasier. So I think, I, if, I mean, I, that doesn't really make sense because doesn't Frasier take place in Seattle? Hold on. Let's see. They said the program was created. Uh, the series was created as a spinoff of Cheers, continuing wow. the story of psychiatrist Frasier Crane as he returned to his hometown of Seattle and started building a new life as a radio advice show host while reconnecting with his father and brother and making new friends. Frazier starred Kelsey Grammer, Jane Leaves, David Hyde Pierce, Perry Gilpin, and John Mahoney. The show was critically acclaimed, with the show itself and the cast winning 37 Primetime Emmy Awards, a wow. record at the time for a scripted series. It also won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series for five consecutive years. As of 2019, the possibility of a revival was being discussed to air in 2020. Overview. Psychiatrist Dr. Fraser Crane, Grammer, 
returns to his hometown of Seattle, Washington, following the end of his marriage and his life in Boston as seen in Cheers. His plans for a new life as a bachelor are challenged when he is obliged to take in his father, Martin, a retired Seattle Police Department detective who has mobility problems after being shot in the line of duty during a robbery. Frazier hires Daphne Moon, leaves as Martin's live-in physical therapist and caregiver, and tolerates Martin's dog, Eddie. Frazier frequently spends time with his younger brother, Niles Pierce, a fellow psychiatrist. Niles becomes attracted to and eventually falls in love with Daphne, notwithstanding his own marriage, but does not confess his feelings to her until the final episode of the seventh season. Fucking spoiler alert. Jesus. Oof. Uh, do you want me to keep going? You want to take? You want to keep rotating? Yeah, you do, you do. Fraser hosts, and I'll okay. wrap it up. Fraser hosts the Doctor Fraser Crane Show, a call-in psychiatry show on radio on talk radio station KACL. His producer Roz Doyle is very different from Fraser in many ways. She is working class, direct, and at least early in the series has superficial relationships with many men. However. Roz and Frazier share a professional respect and a wry sense of humor, and over time, they become best friends. Frazier and the others often visit the local coffee shop, Cafe Nervosa. The Crane brothers, who have expensive tastes, intellectual interests, and high opinions of themselves, frequently clash with their blue-collar, average Joe father. The brothers' close relationship is often tense, and their sibling rivalry intermittently results in chaos. For a pair who make a living solving others' problems, they are often comically inept at dealing with each other's myriad hang-ups. Other recurring themes include Niall's relationship with his never-seen wife, later ex-wife, Maris, Maurice... Frazier's search for love, Martin's new life after retirement, and the various attempts by the two brothers to gain acceptance into La Tout, Seattle. That just means high society. So spinoffs can be big. Frazier was a spinoff. Uh, the, the Jeffersons was, was a spinoff. But getting back to the actual Gilligan involvement, this was fascinating. So I was texting with a friend about Better Call Saul, and he noted, yeah, you know, the show actually is slept on because it opened with such a huge number, this massive number, and then it's just routinely not gotten great ratings since. So that made me kind of revisit the, okay, you can call Better Call Saul underrated if people aren't watching it. But then we were talking about how good the show is and how, like, wow, it's crazy that Gilligan is bringing it just as hard in this as he did in Breaking Bad, and... This was after last week's episode. My friend was like, I think this was the only episode this season that he directed. So I went back and these this is Vince Gilligan's writing and directing involvement in Better Call Saul per season. Season one, he wrote one and directed one. Season two, he wrote one and directed one. Season three, he wrote one and directed two. Season four, he directed one. Season five, he directed one. One and that's not counting this past week's, so I don't know if uh, if he did last week's. But basically, he does maybe one episode a season. That is nuts, and that at shows least, what, it's, at least what an credited. insane team is working on. Yeah, at least credited for one show per season. Like I, I still think that he's running the show. I think still think that he's of course a show a showrunner here and. 
it's hard for me to believe that he doesn't have heavy involvement, especially with how good it's been and how uh, how similar a lot of the like the execution has been in terms of just building up the story and like the shots and stuff. So I don't know if it's just like him like spreading the ball around and letting some other people get get love and credits all over the place. But it's not but, like getting, it's hard it's, for me to believe. But it's not him saying, hey, let's let you get some love because people are contending as they watch this that this is Vince Gilligan's best work. So if he's spreading the ball around, he's letting he's essentially letting Kendrick Lamar onto his song and saying, like, hey, this is my thing. Come do a better job than I'm doing, which is wild because Vince Gilligan is obviously earned this reputation as one of the great TV writers and directors. But if we're going to say that this is at times better than Breaking Bad, which it is, I think that overall Breaking Bad is still better. But if we're going to say that this is at times better than Breaking Bad, and this season is certainly better than, say, season three of Breaking Bad, then we have to say, wow, Vince Gilligan assembled a team that can do a better job than he can do on his own. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I still think that it's, yeah, okay, so he can assemble a better team than he can do on his own, and I think, but I mean, like, that's like, that's like criticizing Beyonce for using a bunch of producers. It's like, yes. Beyonce's still, Beyonce's still an know. elite talent, and like, why wouldn't I, you, why wouldn't you get some of the best around so you if you could do that? I am always on board with getting as many producers and doing whatever you can to make something the best. I'm just saying that. Nobody says, wow, Beyonce wrote this great song. They say, whoa, this is a great Beyonce song. She killed it. Let's look up the credits. Let's see who else is involved. Whoa, Father John Misty wrote it. Shit like that. But with Vince Gilligan, it's more. Yeah, everybody everybody rushes to give him the credit. And I've done that. I've been guilty of that in the past because, like, I just didn't think that I didn't realize that his uh, attachment was so loose, at least on the credits. Say, no, I was saying the same thing. And. I do find it interesting now because when everybody, whenever somebody puts out that hyperbolic tweet about like, wow, this this episode of uh, Better Call Saul was the best te- episode of television ever, someone always responds and says, it's wild that Vince Gilligan is doing better now than he was however many years ago. And it's just really interesting. It, it To your point, it just shows how whenever Vince Gilligan does anything or whenever something involving Vince Gilligan pops up, the natural instinct is to say, Vince Gilligan did all this. This is amazing. Hell, even when people talk about how much they love Kim Wexler, they're like, wow, he was writing Skyler in season in Breaking Bad, which Skyler is great. But Jesus, Kim Wexler is one of the great television characters ever. So everything, I don't know, everything goes back to uh, Vince Gilligan. I have this question on Kim Wexler. Do we think, I'll put it this way. We know two things going into this last episode of Better Call Saul. That Kim Wexler is out of the picture and that Lalo is out of the picture by the time match up to Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. We know that these two guys or these two characters do not last. But is Kim Wexler a Jesse Pinkman in that the plan all along was this is going to be the character that's lost along the way and that shapes our main character in some way, shape, or form. But the character, like in Jesse's case, proved to be so good 
that he said, all right, never mind. This is the now the co-lead of, of this entire series. I wonder if the plan was always for Kim to crash and burn, no pun intended, because we thought that maybe she was going to die when she got in that car crash, get killed off in some way, shape, or form. But she was such a good character that now she's stayed around a lot longer, so much so, I'm positive she dies in this finale. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's a it's a good question. I, I just I think that like there's there's not a lot to suggest that that Kim was gonna go anywhere. I guess like they built her up as a big piece from the very beginning. Um, no, but but we know, but we knew the whole time watching it like she's gonna die or she's gonna no leave yeah or something's gonna yeah happen. like maybe they keep her around for a little bit longer. But I don't think that Vince Gilligan. Or whoever's running the show, I, as we just mentioned, we don't <laughs> know who's this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that there is a ton of pressure to keep her around for just for the sake of keeping her around. I mean, she is extremely important to the show uh, and like has been great on this show, but uh, like obviously you don't need to keep her around for like the sake of of Breaking Bad or whatever. Like I think she could easily get written off in uh, a way that could attri- like uh, contributes to the betterment of the show. Yeah. The, to get, to, to get Jimmy to one, where he know- needs to go too. One, there's no hard timeline where we need to be caught up to Breaking Bad by a certain time. So theoretically, they could string along, they could keep Kim and Lalo in the picture for another two seasons and I'm sure it would be lovely television. But... I don't think I don't think that Gilligan or I don't think they get that that the show has that intention though. Like Gilligan right. is I, I don't never one, never one to stretch things out for the sake of stretching it out. Right. That's like a that's a Walking Dead move where they're like, okay, well this is working and this is making money, so now we've got to we've got to just keep this exact same thing going for as long as we can. The other is if they kill off Kim, like I, I there, there was there was obviously reason to think that she that she wasn't going to make it through uh, this past episode. If they kill her off, the show can continue to be awesome. And like you said, it can serve the show, which is wild right. because she's, I don't know, she's a lot of people's uh, favorite character on the show. But I'm, I'm glad that we didn't get to talk about the last two episodes because now we just we don't just have to hit on stuff that happened the last episode with all the stuff in the apartment. But I think that I, I tweeted this is probably my hyperbolic tweet from that episode. Everybody likes to try to pinpoint when Walter becomes Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. I think that the two weeks ago, the one that was basically four days out, it was just a reprise of, of that Breaking Bad episode. That was the episode I think that Jimmy like officially fully transitioned to Saul. I saw that tweet. I, it, I wanted to know why. Just but he wasn't fully calculated where he always was up until that point. But now like he's like getting himself involved in such high stakes stuff that he actually he has a lot more. Oh, shit. I've fucked up moments than just the straight. All right. There's a plan behind everything in the early seasons of this show. He's constantly pulling stuff over on people. He's constantly clever shit. But in Breaking Bad, that's really not like you could understand how at one point in his life he was like that. But in Breaking Bad, he's in so over his head and 
He's really hanging on by the skin of his teeth in a lot of his endeavors. Like he's getting pulled out into the desert thing and he's going to get killed God knows how many times. And this was more, I don't know. He's also also extremely paranoid. Yeah, he's extremely paranoid in Breaking Bad. I think that's that's something that's easy to forget because Jimmy's so cocksure a lot of the time in, in Better Call Saul. But like when you go back to Breaking Bad, he's he's ready to get the fuck out of there at like any time something goes wrong right because he's he's there's there's i don't know we we watch the beginning of better call saul and we know that like this is going to be some sort of tale in as to how all these sins that eventually catch up with him play themselves out and now they're actually starting to they're they're actually starting to happen he's actually starting to to commit those sins where prior to this season terrible unforgivable things he was actually doing he was more kind of uh dare like he was more like white collar crime shit than this which is now he's getting involved with for real murderers mm-hmm. and oh dude that was so brutal the scene in the court when he's talking to lalo and Lalo says, who are those people? And he said, that's the family of so-and-so. Yeah. And Lalo's like, who's that? And yeah. that's like one of the last seconds you see him be human. And obviously he's human this past episode where he's talking to Mike and being like, we're getting this fuck. Like, this guy is the worst. Mm-hmm. And our job is to to get him out of jail. I don't know. It's It's been an incredible, incredible uh, season. Do, what did you think of Kim leaving her uh firm uh i didn't totally get it but uh what me neither yeah i didn't totally get it especially with like the timing of it but um yeah i mean i i uh, i really like the the element of like her trying to hide shit from the guy who's on to her at the firm who brought her in and i think that guy's a really I don't know what it is about that guy, but he has like a really calming presence on screen and he's just like a fatherly figure. And I wish that there was more of that. Like, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it comes later. Uh, but like him sort of coming or not coming onto her, but like figuring out that, that she's in bed with Jimmy, both literally and metaphorically, uh, was an interesting aspect that I thought we should have got more of. Yeah. Do you think that she? Do you think that she gets through the finale? I mean, her and Lalo are obviously the two, the two biggies. I throw Nacho in there too. Who survives between those three? Because Nacho's dying at some point. Yeah, I think Nacho is like getting, um, is experiencing a little, like not fatigue, but he's getting kind of pushed out a little bit. I feel like, um, and you just hope being for like. His sake. Yeah, no, but like, no, but like, just like pushed out of like the plot lines because, you know, he's caught between both sides and they're both jerking him around. And like, he's sort of just running in place because he's, he's ready to go, but he can't do anything. So I think something has to happen with Nacho. Yeah. And Mike's obviously driving that too. Right. He's like, so like, it's either like shit or get off the pot with Nacho at this point. Um, and Honestly, I, I, I'm sort of hoping that he's the one to go at the end of this, uh, at the at the finale here, because it's been building up to something and there needs to be something drastic that happens. 
And, and I think that there's going to be something drastic that happens in the finale. And if, if, and if it's Nacho, then I think that that's good for the show because obviously Kim is in a, like a new place and there's, there's areas for her character to go and for like the show to explore, especially now that she is like fully in this yeah. world with Jimmy and, and uh, Lalo and her relationship could be really interesting because they're obviously butting heads early on. Uh, and she's way more like adversarial towards him than Jimmy is. Yeah. Here, here's the thing that you also have to follow with like these dramas. Whenever they're about to kill somebody off, there is either some like grand thing they do, or there's a redemption arc or something. Think, I mean, I made the reference of walking dead was, uh, Who's the 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 brother played by um, Michael Rooker? You know that guy. He's the yeah jerk. yeah 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 Merle yeah. Uh, Merle. Is that his name? Merle. Something like that. He's like I a, know exactly an, what you're talking about. He's, he's an, an asshole, asshole and he and he does all these terrible things. And then there's an episode where he's like, you know what? I'm going to do what's right. And he helps them out in like three different ways. And then at the end of the episode, he goes to kill the governor and he gets killed. And you're like, well, we should have seen that coming when suddenly we dedicated a lot of time to him and made him do this kind of grand thing. And where it's Michael putting pressure on Gus for Nacho, like that's a sign that's like, okay, well then they're going to get rid of Nacho or Kim's confrontation with Lalo. Okay. Well then someone's going to kill Kim or, I don't know. I th- for some reason, I think that Lalo gets through this. I I hope so because Lalo's been a fucking awesome great character. addition. Great yeah. character, and he's he's so great because he's so fucking unpredictable. He is yeah. a in like he is extremely unpredictable and extremely untrustworthy for anybody involved. Yeah. So like he's a he's an unbelievable villain uh, to to add into the mix. I just think that there's more places to go with Kim than there are with Nacho at this point. So I would like to see Nacho go, even though I yeah. fucking love him. Yeah. I just think I that like... he's had his time. Yeah. Should we do a? Uh, uh, maybe it would be too much, and it would be a pain in the ass. Should we do like a? Uh, 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 season finale watch along thing. I would be down to do. We should do a. We should do a post Better Call Saul Twitch. Okay, we could do that. I was gonna say like maybe during commercials and shit like that, but um, I don't know. I I, I don't. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think. I I, I want to like be in locked in on the show and then maybe discuss it afterwards. Okay, well we'll we'll do something. Uh, off of that anyway um let's get oh my sonos always thinks i'm talking whenever i'm working or podcasting or doing anything sonos is like it starts it says something back to me and then i don't know what it said and i said what'd you say sonos and it does i gotta disable those mics god um let's get to uh the challenge of the week uh or this week in challenges yeah this week in challenges so there have been two they both involve pictures of yourself. Shocker. One is uh, senior pics, and one is pics from when you were 20. The senior pictures thing is uh, apparently 
or not apparently, this is a fact, uh, seniors are not going to have their graduations and they're not going to be able to, to do the, the pomp and circumstance that accompanies graduating. And, the, and that's, that's sad. So people are posting their own senior pictures to make them feel better. People are posting their, like, their actual senior pictures like that they their got own, done? Yes. Their own, How like, does that oh, make well, seniors he, feel good? I'll tell you what, it doesn't. It's like it's any like, of these other things. It's just about yourself. Yeah. Who, how could that honestly make anybody feel? Hey, hey, sorry, man. Like, sorry. I, I won't use the. I was gonna use the example of like, hey, like, sorry, your dog died. Here's a picture of my dog. But that's like, what I was. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. But like, I don't. Sorry, I don't your want dog to died. Here's a picture of my dog. Here's a picture of my dog who's still alive. Hope it makes right, you feel better. Yeah, I, I don't want to tie death into it, but like, that's like the easy. Yeah. analogy like oh so, sorry you've uh sorry you 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 lost your your home check out i i stand by you here's a picture of my home you can't live here <laughs> yeah seriously what the f- i didn't i didn't i don't think i've seen people posting the the senior pictures but uh now i'm glad and i certainly everyone didn't. keeps posting old pictures of themselves and they're like who this one's embarrassing I'm like you didn't have to do it you chose <laughs> to do that why are you? Oh. Uh, so, and then the other one is people posting uh, pictures of themselves when they were twenty. Which I gotta tell you, why would anyone do that? Especially, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll use the example again. Like a lot, like a, a lot of men look better as they age than they do when they're young. Like, you're not seeing John Hamm do that when I was twenty. Challenge. People are gonna say, okay, I think we're out on John Hamm then. Because you looked gross when you were 20. But I think that's like the point. Nobody is like posting like when I was 20 to be like, I looked better here. And everybody's sort of embarrassed with how they look like when they were 20. Again, you don't have to do it. Just don't <laughs> post the pictures. Who is, what is anybody winning or gaining from it? Very stupid. Very stupid. Um, have you been doing masks? Uh, like a face mask, like a yeah. like a skincare face mask, or like a uh, a when quarantine. When I first or like said a... mask, I was like, that's gonna sound like I'm I'm talking about uh, skincare, but no, I do like a, I did mean like a pandemic mask. Yeah, Ellen's sister it made me a mask, and I'm pretty excited about it. It's uh it's like a cool pattern, and I'm just I just I need a mask. I don't want to go outside until I have a mask, and so I'm excited to get it. I'm excited to put it on. And hopefully be able to avoid uh, the coronavirus out there. Yeah, I saw I'm not you had really. Point, yeah, I no. I'm just I'm just covering my face though. I'm doing I'm doing a lot of scarfs. I've got a couple of uh, dope ass scarfs. I got a Celtics one. I've got a uh, Prince one. Prince one's dope. I haven't used that yet. I just keep using the Celtics one because I don't want to get my mouth all over this awesome Prince scarf that I have. But. Yeah, that that's that's becoming a, a thing. Like when I when I go for my walks, I went for a walk uh, maybe earlier in the week, and I felt like an asshole because I was the only person on the street not wearing a mask. And I was like, okay, this is over. I like the the I'm not raw dogging this anymore. Mm-hmm. Tossing something on my face whenever I go out, and honestly, it's a good deal. It doesn't change that much. It's weird, but then again. It was weird at the beginning of this when you'd walk into the grocery store and you'd see a bunch of people wearing masks. It's an unsettling thing, but it's for the better of everybody. So everybody, uh, do masks. Do challenges if you can. I'll tell you, this was a kind of an underwhelming week for challenges. I think the challenges 
are losing steam, which is maybe a good thing. Because I'll tell you what, these uh, the, definitely the, the a good one thing. Industry, None of them have been good. But the one industry that is going to uh, thrive off of this are all these like facial recognition software <laughs> things. Because now they're like, okay, we have a hundred pictures of you from every angle. We know what you look like when only your eyes are exposed. And we knew what you look like at age 5, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> so now we know how uh, the average person ages and like what features change. And people are going to, man, people are going to be able to make videos of you doing horrible things like when you were 10 years old or something like that because we're just walking right into it. So cover your face. Don't do challenges. RIP Nacho. <laughs> 